welcome back to Quest for You. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. Quest for You is my podcast. I'm Janine, by the way. Created to help you make a connection with yourself. Maybe a connection you never felt like you had, as it was the case for me. For most of my life, I just kind of wandered along until I realized that life is not just happening to me, but I can make my life happen for me. And on this podcast, we talk about how to establish this connection. For me, I see this happening in four phases. And if you go to the podcast page of my website, questforyou.com, you see that I have categorized all my now almost 600 episodes into those four phases. We begin by reflecting on topics that catch our attention. Meditation, for example, is on many people's minds these days, maybe even yours. And because we hear about meditation a lot these days, we may feel inspired enough to learn more about it. So maybe we pick up a book and read about meditation. And then we might be ready to try it out and we look for direction. How do I meditate? And once we have what we need, the tools, the instructions, the strategy, the idea, then we might take action and we give meditation a try. Reflection, inspiration, direction, and action. Now, meditation is only one of hundreds of topics I've covered in my last almost 600 episodes. I like to focus on skills, behaviors, and tactics that help me become a better human being and that I believe can help all of us become better humans. And today is an episode just like that. And I realized that this change, this transformation, starts within. And not on the outside, with more money, a better job, or a bigger house as I believed for most of my life. Those things feel good, no doubt, for a while. But soon we're hunting again for more to fill the ever-growing void. But there's a deep sense of fulfillment I have noticed when I direct my energy towards me. This is the simple process of reflection, where I can begin to notice what needs changing. And there's a lot in my life right now that does need a lot of changing, and maybe in yours too. We're all in some form of 2020 slump. I read the following in a newsletter from James Clear that he sends out weekly, and I love it. He says, Reading can teach you the best of what others already know. Reflection can teach you the best of what only you can know. The goal of my podcast is to get you to start reflecting. Some of my topics are geared just towards that. Others may inspire you, get you excited, will want you to investigate more. For example, I may share a book review that could inspire you to pick up the same book or learn more about the author or similar topics. Some episodes offer clear direction. Take these three steps. And other topics are examples on how I take action. Again, meditation, for example, is a tool for my monkey mind to calm down but it's not the only tool. On this podcast, I share what helps me to be my best, and that covers a variety of topics. For example, I've talked about how to set goals. Not everyone will resonate with that. Sometimes 
although rarely, I talk about food and exercise. I may share something that inspires me, like a poem or a book that I've read. I may give you specific ideas and tips on how to become a better friend, for example. I consider it a journey, a quest. Some steps on this journey may not resonate with you, but I hope some others will. And lately my quest has been more difficult, leading me to fall behind on my episodes. But I have reflected, hint, hint, on this silence and I discovered yet again that this podcast means so much to me, that I want to be here to help you be your best. All of which requires that I show up here for you. Now there are thousands of podcasts out there and I listen to quite a few. Most of them are interviews, and I love interviews. I do some myself, but interviews often don't go past inspiration. I rarely take action based on an interview I heard. I may have learned something new, which is great. I may now know more about a person or a theory or some kind of practice that this person talked about, but rarely do I go and try it. I grew my knowledge. But I didn't really try or change anything in my life. Sometimes I may tell a friend about it. But often, I just don't spend a lot of time reflecting on those episodes or trying something out that the person shared. I listen to it and I forget about it. Where I believe my podcast is different is that it's personal and it's action-oriented. My examples may not always connect with you, but I usually provide a takeaway that you can apply to your own life, something you can at least reflect upon, maybe read more about, and maybe even experiment with. I share what has worked for me or what I'm currently working on or thinking about. And this podcast also helps me to continue my inner work. Needless to say, since I have neglected this podcast, I've also fallen behind on my own quest for me. In order to produce episodes, I need to spend time reflecting, and it has been hard, as I'm sure you are experiencing in your own life as well. So, I say, let's continue. I want to be here with at least one episode per week for you, and almost 600 episodes have been completed, so there's plenty to listen to. Just start digging if you want more. And I don't know what episode 601 through 700 will look like. I'm contemplating making a few changes going forward, but I haven't decided yet what those changes will be, mostly because I haven't had time to reflect. For now, I just want to focus on showing up. Wow, that was a long intro. Thank you for sticking with me. I want to get to today's topic. This week, as you all know, is election week. This week was election day. On Tuesday and let me tell you the week felt heavy tension still is in the air I can sense it and I hope once we have these results finalized it will feel better although I'm not so confident about that every other week I send out a newsletter and this week it was on Tuesday that I send it out on election day and in that newsletter I reflected on elections if you're not a subscriber, I encourage you to sign up. 
it's a lot of my friends that are currently subscribing and, and they often give me feedback that it adds a lot of value to their lives. It gets them to reflect and inspires them. And there is a section in my newsletter that is titled, One Action We Can Take Together. And I mentioned a word, which is an action to me, that has been on my mind for a while now. Now, don't worry, I will not get political in this episode. I can't even vote. I'm not a citizen. But I did follow these 2020 elections closer than any other before. And I've been in this country for a few of them already, so I've been through my share. There has been a lot of motivation on the media to get everyone to vote this year, to vote early, and to just vote more than I've ever seen before. But what I haven't seen much of was motivation to show up as our best selves. In fact, what I see is often far from our best, even within me. And this is why I want to talk about the elections today, not in a political way or in a partisan way, but in a human way. Because I am concerned about what I see now, and I'm even more concerned about what I will see once the results come out. Listening to an NPR podcast the other day confirmed that I'm not the only one that is concerned. People all over the country are stocking up on guns. That's worrisome. There's one word that stands out for me, and that is what I want to dedicate this election episode to. Civility. What is it? It means courtesy. It means respect. It means graciousness. At its essence, civility means being polite. It's an action word, encouraging us to show our best behavior. And I think with everything that's going on, both online and on the streets, at least here in my city and in many other cities, we all need a friendly reminder to be more polite with one another. And this reminder is especially important in times when our leaders don't exhibit it. And especially in the coming weeks, may not exhibit it either. But that doesn't give us an excuse to be equally uncivil. Instead, it needs to motivate us to do better. It needs to incentivize us to not follow the same lead, but to look for what is right. How do I see civility being lived? Take a look around on television and social media, maybe even in your own family and friend circle. Do we listen to one another? Do we respect opinions that are different from ours? Or do we assume that we have the superior answer to everything? How do we treat each other? Online, it's easy to fire off whatever statements sound cool, but would we say what we write also in person into someone's face? Highly unlikely. Somehow, the internet has lowered the barriers for speaking our mind, and sadly, it has given us indirect permission to be rude, hurtful, and disrespectful. Where is our respect for other human beings who think differently? How do we treat people with opinions that don't match ours? Or, if they are disrespectful, what's our response? If they are making a mistake, how do we react? What names do we call them under our breath? Or write on Twitter? There is a major difference between disagreement and disrespect. 
and I think we have begun to mix the two. We can disagree with one another, but we should always respect one another. Someone can screw up, do something wrong, have a different take, but we don't have to become mean and angry. The other day I went for an early morning walk and forgot my mask. Hardly anyone out there at 7 a.m., but there was a father with his son and another child in a stroller. So I made a loop around them since I didn't have my mask, but he still angrily yelled at me to keep a distance. I was so shook up by this for the remainder of the day. I felt bad, but at the same time my distance was plenty. Why do we have to be so mean to each other? Is it fear or is it false courage? We know we can. Or has it just become too difficult to make an extra effort to be nice? Because that is what it takes when someone thinks or acts differently. It requires just a bit of extra effort to not mirror their behavior, to not lose ourselves in our emotions, but to try to control ourselves a little bit. We're mixing difference with disrespect. We're also confusing division with dislike. Different opinions, behaviors that may be out of line, wrong information. It's part of our makeup as a society. It's what makes us diverse. It doesn't make us okay, but it is what it is. It's people. People are different. But I feel like we don't know how to handle differences anymore. Whatever the reason may be, fear, overconfidence, no more patience, our response to the world that is out of line has become more out of line. Riots, looting, shaming, name-calling, and a general unacceptance of the other. People who are different from us. These are signs of a society that has lost respect for one another. Maybe we don't value diverse community anymore, since it has become so much easier to connect with people that think like us. I've never been really interested in politics. But during these elections, I made an effort to learn more about both sides. I listened to podcasts from the left and the right. I didn't agree with a lot of what I heard, but yet I still listened with curiosity and I learned the issues that are important to each side. And this then helped me understand the people that vote for either side better. In 2016, when Trump was first elected, I used to travel to Kentucky frequently for work, and in my work meetings with the team there, there was that initial awkward silence when the topic of elections came up during that time, until one day I asked them openly what they hoped to gain from Trump as a president. As someone who is exclusively surrounded by liberals, I was genuinely curious, and as a result, they opened up. We had very interesting conversations. I learned a ton. They thought, because I live in California, I am not open to hear what, what matters to them. But I did. I wanted to know. Because I didn't understand it. Before, all I knew was that people in the middle of the country voted for Trump. But I didn't know what motivated them to do so. By listening and asking questions, I, I learned to understand what their needs were, and my empathy for them only increased. I live in a different state. My life circumstances are different. It's easy to judge others, but it's much harder to understand 
and emphasize with them. And let me repeat, I don't have to agree with them, but I can be civil. I can be polite and make a concerted effort to understand what matters to them. Why don't we do this more often when we sense that there is a divide, when we find ourselves feeling strongly about something or in the middle of an argument? Why don't we first try to understand the other side a bit more? Sometimes I think we assume. We assume people are just like us. We assume people understand what we understand, have the same needs and interests as us. And as such, we cannot put ourselves into the shoes of others anymore. We don't even make an effort. This quote here is from an article that I found on NPR.com. Civility is the baseline of respect that we owe one another in public life, says Keith Bybee, the author of How Civility Works. And when people talk about a crisis in civility, they usually are reporting their sense that there is not a shared understanding of what the baseline of respect ought to be. The baseline of respect. The minimum we can do is to be polite. To me, being polite starts with listening. I'm good at interrupting, and the moment I do it, I quite often bite my tongue because I know it's not respectful. And after listening, after showing some interest and curiosity for the other, we can politely disagree, not yell or attack. We can politely refuse to accept their answer, not to shame or minimize the person with degrading names. We can politely raise our voice and speak up for what we think is right without harming anyone or anything, like stores or other businesses. Civility doesn't mean absence of conflict, disagreements, mistakes. Civility is a response that sees and respects the person first. That also requires a little bit of self-control. And then civility focuses on the issue that needs changing, not the person who is different. Civility, because it requires more effort on our part, especially when a topic is raised that we feel strongly about, it's also a good reminder that change begins with us. So let me bring this home and remind all of us, it doesn't matter who wins this election. What matters is how we behave and act, how we treat each other as humans red, blue, green, brown, white, or black, or purple. And that, to me, starts with civility. And if we can remember to always be civil, no matter what the world or the incoming or outgoing president does, then we will understand that a better world begins with us. So let me ask you, how will you show up once these results are finalized, which should be any day now, what can you do to improve our communities, no matter who sits in the White House? What can you do to bring your part, your civil part, to make this world a better place? Maybe just your relationship with your partner, a good friend, your neighborhood. It starts small, but it starts with us. Much love. Much love.